Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Dumas, Texas, featuring biblical teaching and preaching from God's inspired, inerrant, and infallible word. If you live in the Panhandle area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you at First Baptist Church. We meet every Lord's Day for Sunday school at 9 a.m. and morning worship at 10.30 a.m. We also have midweek discipleship opportunities for all ages on Wednesdays. For more information, visit us at fbcdumastx.com. That's fbcdumastx.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Now open your Bible as we explore God's Word together. Well, Holy Week, which is upon us today, is a week, or it commemorates a week, rather, unlike any other week, any other events, any other days in human history. Because in these seven days, 2,000 years ago, everything was changed forever. Eternity was changed as God's eternal plan unfolded before our eyes. And as we read today from Matthew 21, Jesus comes to Jerusalem on this day, Palm Sunday. And as he does, he comes to the center of God's plan. Coming to Jerusalem, he's like the priest that's coming from the outer courts into the inner courts of the temple, into the most holy place of the temple. So we see Jesus coming closer and closer and closer to the center, the culmination of God's plan for salvation for you and me and the whole world. And as we read earlier, as he comes, the people begin to cry out as they lay their coats and these branches on the road. And they're waving palm branches in the air saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But if you're listening closely, as Zane read, they then turn around and ask, now, who is this? Who is this guy that we're singing these songs to? Everybody seems so excited about. Who is this? And maybe they don't really even understand the words that they're singing. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're interesting words because I think sometimes we think that in that moment they were just inventing them on the spot. Like, uh, what do we say? What, what, this, this thing is happening. The guy's coming in on the donkey. What should we say? Oh, I know. Let's say, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. No, but it's rooted in a much more ancient tradition than that. There's a reason that they pick up on these words and say these words in this moment on this day. And as we read earlier from Psalm 118, I'll go over a little bit of the context. We come now to verses 25, 26, and 27, which will be our text for today. Psalm 118 is the end of a section in the Psalms that we call the Egyptian Hallel, which just means the Egyptian praise. And it's called Egyptian because it became associated with the celebration of Passover. Psalm 113 through Psalm 118 form this little section of Psalms that became so closely associated with Passover and really every other feast or festival of the Jews as well. They would pick up this almost as the theme songs for these festivals and these feasts, especially Passover, remembering how God delivered them from Egypt. So the Egyptian praise, the Egyptian song of deliverance. We think about that word deliverance, I think we, we often picture Moses delivering the people out of Israel. And so we should. But this is also the biblical word from which we get our word, salvation rescue, that what God has done in human history, starting with the Jews and Moses all through their history, and then finally revealed in Jesus and the church, has been a rescue mission, 
a deliverance mission, a mission of salvation. And so it makes sense on this day, if this guy really is the Messiah that's coming, it makes sense that we should ask him and pray that the Lord would save us. Save us, O Lord, we pray. It makes sense that they will say, this must be the son of David. This must be our king. This must be our Messiah. But do they grasp the depth of the song they sing? Do these people on that first Palm Sunday grasp the reality of that week? Do they know who this king is? And I wonder this morning, do you know who this king is? Let's look at verses 25 through 27 here in Psalm 118. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. We read earlier in verses 1 through 4 in our call to worship, we see this call to praise God for his steadfast love. Remember, I was saying a phrase, and then it would echo, for his steadfast love endures forever. Something else, for his steadfast love endures forever. So there's this kind of invitation for us to praise God for his steadfast love, literally his covenant love and faithfulness, his steadfast, faithful love to his people. In verses 5 through 18 of this psalm, we see an individual testimony of salvation and deliverance. I was lost. I was abandoned. The nations were after me, yet you saved me. You are my refuge. You are my Savior. And the last part of this psalm is, psalm, is the verses 19 through 29. And this is a more liturgical part of the psalm, a corporate part for everyone to sing. And you almost get this picture that as we remember the love of the Lord, and as we celebrate his goodness to us individually, you can almost picture the people coming together now in the temple on this holy day, whatever feast or festival it would have been, Passover or any others, they come together and then they begin to sing God's praises together. And it's in the middle of that last corporate section that we come today, this corporate hymn or psalm that they're singing together. And interestingly enough, it's also the very scene into which Jesus comes on this day. As the people would enter the temple to sacrifice, to bring their praise and their worship to God, as the priest would enter into the holy place to atone for the sins of the people, Jesus enters now. Jesus comes to Jerusalem now. He comes as our priest, our sacrifice, our true worshiper, coming to God's true temple not just to offer any sacrifice, but to offer himself. To rend the veil, not just of the temple itself, but of his own body, so making a way for us to come to God. He is the righteous one that now enters in, as the psalm says. And he makes many, as Isaiah says, to be counted as righteous, so that we may also enter in through him. He is the precious cornerstone, this psalm says, that has been rejected and put aside, but is precious and holy to God and all who know him. And then the psalmist says in verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
this holy day, whatever feast they would have been celebrating, whatever festival would have been going on, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day of God's salvation. I wonder if the people on that Palm Sunday knew as they sang this psalm, and they were probably singing all of it, when they came to that part, this is the day that the Lord has made. As they looked upon Jesus coming into Jerusalem, having really no idea what was to take place that week, that they grasped the depth of what they were saying. This is the day. This is the time. This is the hour that the Lord has made. Therefore, let us rejoice. In the Gospel of John, there's this recurring theme where Jesus is always saying, it's not my time. It's not yet my hour. It's not the day yet. It's interesting, as you get to the close of the Gospel of John, and it begins to turn towards the cross, Jesus says, now the hour has come. Now my time has come. And so the people say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Number one, we see a cry for salvation, the baby cry back there, a cry for salvation in verse 25. Was that my baby? No. A cry for salvation. Here in the middle of this psalm, we have this prayer, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Now remember, they are remembering how God has saved his people in the past, and they are remembering how God has delivered them, and they're praying that he will continue to deliver them. Oh God, you have saved us. Now we pray you continue to save us, continue to prosper and deliver us. Save us, we pray, O Lord. Now you know that our English language complicates some of these Hebrew words. So as the Hebrew word might be just one little phrase, we have this whole thing in English. Save us, we pray, O Lord. Well, if you're looking at a Hebrew Bible today, if you were, you would see this singular word and an additional little ending, hoshi anah. Well, you hear in that word itself, the word we say, hosanna. It's a cry and it's a plead for God to save his people. So they say on that day, save us, we pray, O Lord. They're quoting from the song. Hoshi anah or hosanna, save us, O Lord, we pray. In light of all that you have done, continue to save us. And on this Palm Sunday, just a few days before the day of Passover, Jesus enters into the city. Just as it was prophesied in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice, O daughter of Jerusalem, your king, your king comes to you, humble and lowly, mounted on a donkey. And they see this image of this guy coming on the donkey. Maybe they remember Zechariah's prophecy in their head, and they think, this is the king, this is the Messiah, this is the one we've been waiting on. And so, oh Lord, as you saved your people then, save us now, maybe through him, maybe through this king, this Messiah, this Christ, whoever this is, this Jesus of Nazareth, save us. And so they sing as their prospective king enters, Hosanna, save us, we pray. Are you the one who has come to save us? Do they know that he is the one? I don't know how many of them truly knew what they were saying. But it's completely appropriate that they sing this at his coming. It's completely appropriate that they sing this to him. Now, what were they praying for? Deliverance from what? From Rome? 
maybe. Occupation, yes. Their enemies, yes. Taxation, yes. Were they praying for the restoration of the kingdom of Israel right now, this physical kingdom, the throne of David? Sure, they were praying for those things. But whatever they knew or didn't know, God's providence fixes this psalm in their mouths for this day. Because on this day that the Lord has made, there is much cause to rejoice because they see their king come. And whatever they knew or didn't know, I wonder today, do you know? Whatever they knew or didn't know on that Palm Sunday, I wonder if you know today. You're certainly hearing it today. Have you likewise prayed, oh Lord, save me? He indeed does come to save and to deliver but from something much more serious than Rome. And you say, I know, preacher, from sin and death and hell. Yes, he comes to save from that too, but he also comes to save from something much more terrifying than even that. He comes to save from God. He comes to save us from the wrath of a holy and righteous judge. If you remember back in the book of Judges, as we went through all those stories of how Israel would fall into sin and and God would raise up a nation to judge them and then he would save them from that nation. Remember every single time we pointed this out, that it wasn't this nation's power that enabled them to oppress Israel, but it was God who was empowering them and raising them up to judge his people. So that the real danger for the people of Israel throughout the book of Judges and throughout the whole Old Testament was never some foreign army or some occupying government. The real danger for them was the wrath of God and their sin which stirred up the wrath of God. That's what they really needed saving from. The danger was never merely earthly. It was God. They needed saving from Egypt, yes, from the Canaanites, yes, from Rome, yes, but they needed saving from the wrath of God. And that danger that they faced, I want to warn you today that if you're outside of Christ, you face that same danger. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes you and me. Romans 6, 23 follows that up and says, the wages of this sin is death. Not just your physical death, which is the price we all must pay, but spiritual eternal death in hell forever. Oh, God's people were in need of salvation and deliverance, and they cried out to this one who they thought might be their king, save us, we pray. I want to tell you, you today, if you're apart from Christ, you need God's deliverance. And today you need to cry out, save me, I pray, King Jesus. Number two, we see a song of praise in verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The people of God here in the psalm, knowing what God had done for them, asking God to continue to save them, They come into the Lord's house on whatever festival it was, and they say, we bless you from the holy place. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And on that first Palm Sunday, that's what the people are singing. 
as they finish this psalm. The children sang it for us just today. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a word of praise. A blessing to God, surely. We bless you. We worship you as the people and the worshipers come to bless God from the temple. But it's also a prophecy, a foreshadowing of the one. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Representative of all of God's people worshiping him. But pointing to this one who will come in the name of the Lord. Empowered called, chosen, and anointed by God to deliver his people, not just from Egypt or Rome, but to bring them all the way home to God himself. You see, whatever they knew or didn't know, again, by God's providence, they sing these words to Jesus on that day. Whatever they knew or didn't know, this was true Israel in the Lord Jesus This was their true priest. This was the one true worshiper coming into God's presence who alone is worthy to do so. Here is God's king, God's deliverer. The psalmist said, here is God's cornerstone. Yes, rejected by men, but precious and chosen in the sight of God. And as he comes, begotten of the Father from all eternity, We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In his incarnation, as he takes on flesh to become a man in the person of Jesus, we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As he travels and teaches and heals, we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And as he enters Jerusalem on this day, the king, humble and riding on a donkey, riding to his death, we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the blessed one, the chosen one, the holy one, the beloved one the anointed of God, adored and honored and magnified by men and by angels. Blessed is the one whom God sends to do the work of God. And so the psalm says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We, your people, bless you from the house of the Lord. Whatever they knew or didn't know, on that Palm Sunday, you know here today because you're hearing it here today. And the question for you is, have you bowed before this one who came in the name of the Lord? What they sang maybe unknowingly on that day, you can sing with full understanding today. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, who came from God as God to do the work of God on behalf of the people of God to bring in the kingdom of God. And listen, you may either bow to this king as Lord now for your salvation, or you will bow to him then to your condemnation 
Either way, you will bow before this king. I don't care what worldview, what theology, what religion, what feelings, what opinions, what culture we bring into this room today. Jesus alone is Lord. And to Jesus alone, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. No matter your belief system or your opinions or your culture, we will all bow before this King, Jesus. Matthew 23, 39. We see this phrase come up again. But it's not in the mouth of joyful worshipers. It's not in the mouth of joyful pilgrims in Jerusalem as they come to bring in this guy riding on a donkey. No, this is on the lips of wailing sinners who now see their judge coming in fire and glory. And Jesus says, on that day, you will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the option for you today, in God's mercy, in this time allotted today, your option is to bow down before this one now or be crushed beneath his feet then. Either way, everyone will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's exactly what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 10, when he says, to this Jesus... Every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everyone will. And the invitation for you today is to do it now to your salvation. Or you may wait till then to your condemnation. Number three, all of this does come at a high cost. In verse 27, we read, The Lord is God. He has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. Through this king, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, God causes his light to shine on his people. And you should immediately hear the words of the ironic benediction from Numbers. May God make his face to shine upon you. And in this one who is coming, we see the light of God shining in him. That's why John, writing his gospel in John 1 verse 4, says this Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. John says, before Jesus came into the world, in verse 9 it says this, that that true light was coming into the world. Here in Jesus' face is the light of God's blessing and his presence. It's why we call him Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of this people, in the midst of his people. Do they understand it? I don't know what they fully understood, but you can know it here today. Through Jesus, the light of the world. Whatever they knew or didn't know, you know here today because you hear it. In this world, there is real evil. 
There is real wickedness. There is darkness all around us. And you say, yes, I see the darkness in the world. I see the darkness on the news. I see the darkness on social media. I wonder, though, today, do you see the darkness in you? Do you see the sinfulness in you? And if you would know God's light in this darkness, you must know the one who is the light, the one who shines in this darkness. And the option again for you today is to either remain in the darkness or step into God's light in the person of Jesus Christ. The light that, as the psalm says, God has made to shine upon us. He is God's light, but that light comes at a high cost. Everyone was singing on that Palm Sunday as we did today. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Singing joyfully and expectantly. And they would have said these final words of verse 27. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. As they sang so joyfully about binding the sacrifice about the slaying of the sacrifice, the pouring of the sacrificial blood on the altar, and the consumption of the sacrifice. As they sang this, as they chanted it, as they yelled it and shouted it, whatever they knew or didn't know, Jesus knew. And Jesus knew what this sacrifice would be. Jesus knew who this sacrifice would be. Unlike Isaac and Abram walking up to the mountain, when Isaac said to Abram, Father, I see the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? Jesus had no need to question on that Palm Sunday who was the festal sacrifice that would be bound. In a few short days, this blessed one God's light would be bound and beaten and crucified. And one would look at that sight and be challenged to keep singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One would be challenged to see a bruised, beaten, crucified guy on a cross and ask him to do anything for you, let alone save you. You would see this seeming absolute triumph of darkness, and it would be hard to say, oh God, you caused your light to shine upon us. But I would point you today to that very scene. A naked, bruised, beaten, disfigured man hanging on a cross. And I would invite you to see hanging there God's light, God's king. I would invite you to see hanging there God's sacrificial lamb tied up and bound to the altar for you. And I would invite you to see in this awful sight and still be able to sing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I would invite you to call out to him today, Hosanna, save me, I pray, O Lord. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about what it means to follow Jesus as Lord, you can email us at fbcdumas at hotmail.com. It's fbcdumas at hotmail.com. You can also reach us by phone at 806-935-5604. We'll see you next time.